Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Shop Ectastic deals this week at Chemist Warehouse, like 15% off the Musashi Sports Nutrition range. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Thursday, 21st of April, we're heading to the end of our week. I hope you're having a cracker morning this morning. We're nice and early, just after 6 o'clock. We're going to bring you a big show throughout the next three hours. Everything's happening. I love boxing. Big, big boxing weekend coming up, and we want to celebrate our own as well. David Tua has been inducted into the Hall of Fame for boxing. He'll head over to the United States tomorrow and get inducted over there. So well done to David Tua. And we're going to react to his uh, career. I've been watching uh, a wee bit of his highlights of the last um, last night and, and this morning. And wow, some of his knockout power, his fights. Oh, man, he was an absolute champion was David Tua. He uh, had a fantastic career. 52 wins, 5 losses. Greatest heavyweight and probably not ever win about. So, um, yeah. Awesome, awesome there for David Tua. Recognition of a great career for our man. We're also going to talk about Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. Been a lot going on. I watched Tyson Fury's presser. Makes me a wee bit nervous, Louie. I know you uh, said that to me, and I watched it, and I'm like, wow, he's not saying the same things that he is usually saying. He's a little bit hesitant, worrying about 
other things that are going on. Anyway, we're going to talk to Gareth A. Davies, our man out of the, out of the UK. He'll come on the show and, well, he'll give us a real honest uh, insight to what's going on with Tyson Fury. And then we're going to talk a bit of ANZ Premiership. Greer Sinclair, the young 21-year-old netballer, has been training for the stars, but COVID has thrown some spanners in the works and she has worn the magic and R-Tribal's mystic stress over the last couple of weeks. So we're going to have a wee chat to Greer. She's a young... Uh, up-and-coming star for the stars, and we're going to have a chat to her. So looking forward to that. And then after eight, McCafe Coffee Catch-Up. One of the feel-good stories going around is former Cowboys and Penrith player Te Mighty Martin will make his return to the NRL this weekend, and we'll chat to his former coach uh, for the Waikato Mana, Maranhagi. Uh, have a chat to him about that. He retired. He was forced to retire at, at a young age of 24. He had a brain bleed. And uh, he's got the all clear, and he's going to start at fullback for the Broncos this weekend. So looking forward to chatting to his old coach and talking about this uh, great comeback story. And then uh, to end the show, we're going to catch up with Tom Abercrombie for our Court Kings catch-up. They've been doing it tough. They've got one more game this Sunday against the Adelaide 36ers. And, uh, you know, considering what's going on throughout the season, Tom has always fronted every week. He's an absolute champion. So we want to have a, a good catch-up with him to end the show. But like always, te- text us on the temper bedpost, text machine, double eight, double three, or even better, give us a call, 0800 150 I'm going to throw it straight to Louis, Herman Watt, and just say, well done. Just well done on yesterday's tips, I must say. Um, just from the bottom of my, uh, my TAB account, just want to really commend you for helping uh, fill it up again and uh, I'm just going to do another shout out to Dad for following Smithy you idiot what are you doing Dad don't follow Smithy (laughs) how good eh Dad, Dag, Dad Mm. what are we up to my bro and this Mm. is not the way I want to start the day hearing that information Smithy, like I love him, he's the doyen, you know, Smithy's the great man, but jeez, he couldn't tip a beer over in Turks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit unfair. Honestly, I was surprised when he came on, I was like, boys, I've got a tip. And then when he said race nine, I was like, oh no, he's going to go against Louis, he's going to stump us here. But I stayed true to you, Louis, and I stayed on um, Dizey, and I followed your tip, you know, how you usually say just, just <laughs> cover yourself, go with the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went with the place, but Dicey just ran so, so good. Never looked like losing. It was awesome. Well, I actually, uh, you know, and it was a good day yesterday. I really liked the card at Matter Matter, and I, I just a lot of the races made sense to me, and you'll you'll crack up at this, you know, because you know how I quite often say, let's just take the place, especially in these midweek meets where, you know, there is a little bit more, the form is less exposed. So I had Neighbourhood a Place, a dollar forty-five, into Alchemia Top 2 at, a dollar twenty-five, and Dizey a place at a dollar fifty, I think, as a multi. Um, that was one of my multis. I had individual win bets on them all as well. But if I had taken the, that multi three three to win, I would have been filthy rich this morning and just <laughs> laughing my head off. So it is a classic case of like you can't even when you're winning, you're losing. <laughs> you know, like yeah. even when you're winning, you're losing. So let's- so let's talk a little bit more about that, boys. So, so how did the day end up? How did it end up? Like, because I know oh. there's a good story, but with every good fairy tale, like, where's the villain? Where's in the this? ugly stepsister? Where's the villain? Come on, Izzy. 
<laughs> Uncle, you're so smart, hey. You know. You know exactly what I did. Been there, mate. I've night. been right there. <laughs> <laughs> right after that wee fill-up takes a Louie, I thought I'd be a big boy and make my own decisions, and I went straight over to Bendigo. <laughs> oh, the famous Bendigo. <laughs> Was it, a, yeah, was it a heavy ten or or, or nine, soft four? Uh, nine. It was a heavy nine. Perfect place. To, like, perfect place to go. There you go. There's a nice little double up there. There's a nice little double up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair, I got stung as well. I got stung as well, boys. And um, yeah, in the last at Bendigo House Spouse, and it was punted into a dollar sixty five, and it just. Oh, and that one. Oh! <laughs> no, there was another one. There was another one before me, Louis. There was another one way before. Oh, I don't Our feel spouse. bad anymore. Yeah. <laughs> nah. There was, there was one more before, before uh, that one. Hey, shout, out to, um, shout out to Barrier 8, Run It Straight, the Huntley gatekeeper, Brett, because every time I tip a winner, he sends me a gif he, uh, on Twitter and says thanks, mm. shout out. So I see you, Brett. And um, Dizey, yeah, got. So after all of the money came for the Tiakau runner, Avondale, uh, I was watching late and gee, the cash poured in for Dizey. You only got about 240 on the tote, and I think we tipped it at 380. So we got well and truly overs there. It was just a clinic. It was a proper horse, and actually, more, it was a, still a bit green on the. Once it got to the front, great ride from Ryan Elliott, kept out of trouble. Once it hit the front, it wanted yeah. to wander around a bit. So there's improvement to come. I think the Kelsos are really nice. Uh, Philly as they tend to do there in Dizey. So we'll watch that one progress through the grades. And, yeah, this weekend, boys, there's there's more racing. And I've got one for this weekend that I don't mind already. And I've also got a, a harness horse tonight at Addington via the Scan Man mm. that we can dish out during Pacing for yes. Purpose. So plenty of time to get into that stuff. Um, Kempe, you're still on your – you don't punt midweek, so we don't have to worry about you. No, no mate, I, I uh, leave the TAB account alone in, uh, midweek unless there's – yeah, you know, it's a Tuesday in Melbourne, oh. first first uh, Tuesday of November. That's probably the only time. Or a Thursday in Cambridge. Oh well, that's not that's not early in the week, is it? Thursday's the weekend, son. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get to know that as you uh, get a few more of those greys um, on top of your head. So, uh, Kimpy, yeah. where's where's Cinerama? Cinerama. Cinerama. I spoke to actually good question. I spoke to Al this morning because I I opened the book and she wasn't in there uh, down in Rickerton, yeah. but. He said, uh, well, she ran around on, on Monday. She didn't pull up too well, so um, had a look at her, got her vetted and that, and decided against taking her down. So she'll uh, rest up this week, just go through mm. her normal week um, down at the Gap, and he's looking to take her to Tarapa uh, next Saturday for the big one, which is, what's that race called, mm. Louis? I will let you know. Um, just to... yeah. So uh, he's just he's got a couple in this week. Uh, him and Emma. Emma's got one at uh, Pookie this week, and he's got one. I think um, the Travis Stakes. Yeah, as well up here, and he's yeah. He said next week's the week for him, and hopefully he's he's right. So like uh, unlike you, is he? I um I tend to stay away from watching races because. Although you can have a good day, you can have plenty of bad days too if you start bat, bat, batting seven days a week. Because <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can, yeah, if you want yeah. to, if you want to, you can bat up seven days a week. Well, there's no last race. Mm. No, no, boys. I know, boys. It's, um, I'll have a break today. There's nothing on today, is there? 
Oz, Eddie There's Harness. There's always right? something on. <laughs> you know, look, depends how hard you look. That's the issue. Depends nah. how hard you look. Nah, you, it, you're right, but you do need to have a little spell from time to time, otherwise you actually lose the love for it, and um, then you had a winner and you love it again. But, of course, R18 gamble responsibly and hope people mm. managed to have mm. an all right day yesterday. Um, you, the other thing I'm really excited for today is Tyson Fury, Dillian White, chat and I actually think mm. there's some great TAB options I'm not I heard your intro is he I'm not I'm not willing to tip against Tyson Fury I don't think but I just wonder yeah. he said a couple of things this week which made me go is he kind of himself and he's got this Daniel Kinahan stuff going on uh this crime boss hanging over him and then he came up with this today well, overnight during his press conference. And I don't know how long this has been planned. I hadn't heard him speak about it before. But he's now saying that this is his last fight ever. So is this for real? And what sort of mind headspace is Tyson Fury? And have a listen to this. From being a little tiny boy, I always said I'd be heavyweight champion of the world. And guess what? I did it. So when you're heavyweight champion of the world, stuff like this happens. But, you know, it's been a long, hard journey. And it hasn't been all smooth sailing. It's been ups and downs. And we've had a fantastic ride. And... Now it's uh, now this is the final farewell. It's uh, I'm going out with a bang. Final farewell. Is this going to be this? This is it. This is the end. Why is that? Because you're looking in great shape. You've been breaking records in yeah, camp. Yeah, There's yeah, so yeah. much for you to achieve if you want to become nah, undisputed. There's nothing for me to achieve. Nothing. I've won every belt in the world to win. There is. I broke all records. No one of my era has won the Ring Magazine belt, only me. No one in my era has ever been lineal champion, only me. I've won every single belt there is to win in the sport. And I've, uh, I'm getting out healthy and in one piece. I'm undefeated. Come on, that's got to be worth a belt or a few quid, on it? So no fight with Anthony Joshua? Nah, they've had the chances. That's sailed. Gone. They've had so many chances to grow a pair and step in the ring and do battle with the Gypsy King, and they didn't do it. For whatever reason, whether it was going to be money or belts or pride, they had their chance, and now it's flew away. I'm sorry, but this is it. I don't know if you tune in now, because you're never going to get to see Big GK in action again after this. This is it. There you go. Um, so my gut is that's not wow. that's not real. My gut says that's a bit of a bravado, and, and I think there will be more of the Gypsy King. But the point is, he is talking about it like this is a... He's talking about it like he's going to end his career undefeated, like the fight's already happened against Dillian White. Meanwhile, Dillian White's standing over the other side of the room going, I want to knock this guy out. Mm. His head's all over the place, is he? So I'm just... It's just an interesting lead-up to a fight for Tyson Fury this week, and I'm, I'm watching it very carefully. It's not the Tyson Fury build-up we used to. Like, I was listening to that presser, not that one, the one you sent us, and it was just like, all oh, his comments were just nothing I've ever heard. Like, usually he's into the opposition, ripping into Dillian White or, or whoever he's fighting and saying he's a, um, what are those, what, what was he called, Dossa, a Dossa over in, in, in the, you know, like he's doing something that's outrageous. But this one he was actually referring, well, look, I'm, I'm not really focused on Dillian White and, and, you know, like just being quite respectful, which was weird, which was weird. And then when he rips into the Daniel Kinahan kind of conversation toward the end of it and he throws the mic and said he would never do a presser with uh, Sky, Sport, uh, Sky Sports. So, yeah, I just think, yeah, he's rattled. Um, I heard I heard a little something coming a while ago about this. He's got one more fight. I don't know who it was from. It might have been from Joe saying that he's got one more fight. So I don't know, mate. Like, I'd hate it because I can just see him been around for two or three years and still fighting and uh, doing extremely well when he's doing it and knocking out 
players left, right, and centre, and hopefully we see that Anthony Joshua. But that's that's the fight that we all wanted to see. And um, if he's going to go, that'll be sad. Sad sight for boxing world. Mm. It, it's interesting, isn't it? It's it's a boxer saying that he's retiring, <laughs> yeah, and, and like mate, mm. you take that with a pinch of salt. Like how many boxers have come back and uh, thrown the gloves back on? And I don't think Tyson Fury is any different, really. I, uh, I do get that he isn't. You know, I heard that comment too, as he always said, I haven't seen Dillian one. I think for two years. You know, first time I see him, I'll be in mm. the ring. So um, he has given Dillian White a free trip to the ring without. Um, Tyson Fury's banter on the back of it, saying he'll knock him out in, you know, the second round or whatever. He's pretty confident. This, there is something a little bit different about Tyson Fury. I don't know whether it's or Saint Louis is a hang up with this this Carnahan and and um, what's been going on in America and and kicking him out of the the um, the ranking, the boxing ranks, and all sorts of stuff playing on the back of his mind. But you know, it is a world title fight. He is. Uh, a top class boxer. I remember when he first came on fighting Klitschko. Mm. I was think I thought, man, the guy can actually fight. And then when you go back and watch all of his mm. tapes, he was always destined to fight at that level. So mm. um, he's, he's definitely good enough to beat Dillian White, whether or not he's got the right attitude. I think Louis's got a point here. It might be um, he might not be right, and it only takes one punch to knock a heavyweight out. Well, no, not pre- mm. he's the he's the prohibited favourite, and. The dollar for fourteen on offer, I'm not surprised. But where I think that boxing is different to any other sport is you cannot, or fighting, you cannot get into the, the ring with any sort of anything hanging around you. Like you hear them talk about it all the mm. time. When you get in there, you have to be completely present, and that's been the the biggest thing in Tyson Fury's career. When he gets in there, and when that trilogy with Deontay Wilder, he was so present, so focused, so locked in, and he was so spiritually in the moment, and he spoke about it. And so mm. on the flip side, I watched all Dillian White's press conference when I got into work this morning, and he is so calm. He's so professional. Mm. He called John Fury 600 years old, which was hilarious because at the press conference, John Fury, Tyson's dad, tried to start a, start a scuffle and he just said, mate, you're 600 years old. Move on. This isn't about you. <laughs> and that was pretty funny. But other than that, he was just flatline. He said, I'm ready. Mm. I'm a pro. This is what I do. I'm a pro. And I just thought, I've never seen Tyson kind of come across, well, not in the last couple of years since he came back after that deep depression. In the last three or four years, I haven't seen Tyson come across like the one that might be a little bit out of control in the lead up to a fight. Like he always seems very methodical and planned in what he's doing. This time just seems a little bit different, Daggy. So we'll talk to Gareth A. Davies, the great man. He is so busy, but he's going to chisel out some time for us. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat to him. He'll break it all down. Not only that, but he'll talk about David Tour. And then we're going to celebrate our own man, the Tour man in that famous left hook. Far out, he was devastating, wasn't he? He was so devastating. Everyone he fought, I was watching the one, and he knocked out John Ruiz. Uh, we knocks him out in 19 seconds, and then he goes on and knocks out Michael Moore in 20 seconds. Just everyone he fought. I was just watching his highlights and knockout reels, and there's hundreds of them, mate. He's an absolute champion. So we want to talk to him about uh, the Kiwi legend, David Tour. So looking forward to that, Louis. But coming up, we're going to talk a bit of Super Rugby because we've got a giveaway, mate. We've got a wee giveaway. Yeah, we do. we got a Musashi prize pack with Chemist Warehouse. Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day, and uh, it's the good sort of chalky, and now we've, we've still got some left over. So for the rest of the week, we're going to be giving them away uh, to anybody who comes through on double eight, double three, and we'll talk a little bit of Super Rugby, Izzy, because NZR's kicked back at the players. Chris Lindrum, mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily like what Artie and Aaron Smith have been doing after the game, bringing, airing that dirty laundry 
He was a little bit upset by that, and the franchises have had a quiet word in the area, and New Zealand rugby have admitted that. So, is this the start of a bit of friction between the players and the body? We will we'll talk about that after this. 21 minutes past six. Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Baz over there in India doing his thing. We're back here holding the fort down. Back to talk some super rugby. Shop Egg-tastic deals this week at Chemist Warehouse, like 15% off the Musashi Sports Nutrition range. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. 26 and a half past six this morning, and while the Super Rugby captains are taking their turn to, uh, well, I guess, express their frustration with some of the officiating, New Zealand Rugby has come back out and just put a little bit of cold water on some of those gripes. Chris Lindrum, who looks after the game from the professional point of view, said clearly those comments haven't met the threshold threshold for Sanzar to pursue conduct charges against them. But respect for our referees is a pretty critical value in our game. I know what we want to see is feedback around referees and feedback from referees to teams and vice versa being made through the appropriate channels, assuming that Sky Sport after the game probably isn't. Um, we have raised particular matters around post-match comments with teams this week, obviously after the last couple of weeks. So I don't think that New Zealand rugby, this is surprising that they wouldn't have found that overly comfortable. Do you think the players are going to stop, is he? Do you think that this is going to work and they're going to pump the brakes on it? Um, I, I can, yeah, because I, I was reading that and, and Chris Lindrum's gone back to all Super Rugby teams and he's probably put the... Yeah, the the spanner or the knife down and said, "Look, you can't do this. You can't say this." So I think they're going to be how to how to count and how to ransom and uh, with this opportunity. But the one thing that grates me is, um, like, as players, as coaches, we are constantly told and, and said that we have to front media every week. You know, we've got to do it as part of our team, as part of what we are and what we do. But then when it's the the refs. You never ever see a ref front front the media. You see Bryce Lawrence, and Bryce isn't the one the ref refereeing the games. That he's constantly the one that's making the decisions and and reviewing and and giving us explanations of what's went on. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, I I understand where Chris is saying we have to respect the refs because without refs we can't have the game that we have, and uh, we want to keep enticing young players that have played the game or young referees to. To get involved, we, we don't want to scare them away from it, but there has to be some accountability, and I feel referees should be held to go on the media and front every single week, like a player, like a coach. I think that's that's a good start. You reckon, Kempi? Yeah, look, I, I think that I think there's a simple answer to this. I think it needs the referees need to be part of the CBA and the bargaining around that collective um, agreement to lift their wages up to a standard which actually demands. Um, accountability. Uh, currently, when you're on such a uh, minimal wage compared to what players are, and and you're the highlight week in week out, mate, you, it's mm. not the players that need a voice; it's the referees that need a voice, um, and they need to they need to actually start to be, I guess, in, in, as part of the spreadsheet, um, a big part of it. And you know, I look at I look at referee ranks, and I look at the the argument that we just can't attract referees. The reason you can't attract referees, like you do rugby players, rugby league players, is because there it's there's no commitment to a decent salary. Like, why don't you pay them half a million dollars a year? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Imagine saying you if you were a top line referee, and at the end of the day you get paid half a million dollars a year, which is still half of what the players are getting. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you'd swell the ranks. 
you'd have you'd have pathways in schools, you'd have you'd have high performance camps. And I think that the 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 the, the question around whether or not players um, need a voice, of course they need a voice. You know, currently in the NRL, the Pacific Collective have come together. The, all the players and the females and the and the um, Pacific and Maori and the male and the female game have come together to create a voice. You cannot put a a lid on the voice. It just doesn't work. It will, they, you know, it will blow up in your face if you tell, start telling them to be quiet. Well, take your point. And I guess what Chris Lindrum's saying by the appropriate channels is behind closed doors. But I think the whole reason that Artie and Aaron have done it in front of closed doors is because they want a bit of groundswell and they want a bit of momentum behind it because I think they probably feel like they're not being heard. And I don't know how many times they had spoken before in closed doors before they went to the public. Mark's got a great text here on double eight double three about accountability and what the players actually want. Not surprising to see Chris Lendrum come out and try and put a break, put the brakes on this. I don't necessarily know if it'll work. I don't know if there are fines being mentioned or what the penalty can be because, as he pointed out, Sanzar didn't think it breached their code of conduct. So what jurisdiction do New Zealand rugby have over comments being made in a Sanzar competition? Not too sure. 29 away from 7. We'll get to Mark's text after this before loveracing.nz. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. <laughs> SCNZ with 26 away from 7. Good morning, team SCNZ. I think it's the start of a bit of friction between players and refs and playing the game of rugby union. Perhaps the referees have to front up to a press conference, like Izzy's saying, after the game, just like the captains and coaches have to do at the end of each game. Would this change things? From what I can see, the players want accountability, which is what is being expected from them if they lose or have a bad game. Mark. I love it. It's a great point. That's all they're asking for, accountability. And sometimes accountability doesn't come through those quote-unquote appropriate channels behind closed doors because you want to make a kick and you want to kick and scream about it so they have to admit what they've done in front of everybody. And sometimes I think that's what needs to be done. So if a referee would face a press conference after the game, well, I don't know if that would make a difference. I think Kempe's got a great point. I don't know if that's necessarily fair on what they get paid at the moment. So, Izzy, do we just have to pay our refs more? Um, I know where Kempi's coming from, for sure. You've got to make it enticing. You've got to make it a, a genuine career pathway, and that's what we're all about. You know, is there a genuine career pathway for the referee? I don't know what they get paid, mate. I don't. I know the top refs, the ones that referee test matches, they get a, a – they'll have a salary, but they'll also get a bonus, like a, a weekly – uh, package for for every test match, so a t- test match package. Um, so that's an incentive for for referees to push for higher honours. Um, yeah, I know what Kempi's saying. I I think there's got to be uh, like a, a a step. You know, you are gonna go. You start here and then you work your way up, and so you start at NPC, and yet you, you get this base salary. If you make Super Rugby, you get a you get a bonus. You get an add on to that, and then you make Test level, you get an add on. So I think there's got to be a genuine. Um, pathway to pay these to pay these referees so we can entice them into the game. I, I feel Kempi's probably not saying to give them half a million straight off the bat, but I feel like there's got to be more money, but there's got to be like a little uh, ladder that they got to go through. I 
That, that's that's what I feel. What do you reckon, Kempi? Yeah, look, I'm I'm not. Yeah, you know, there's obviously a lot of um, strategy that needs to go around that type of pay. What I'm saying is like, what is mm. a let's let's a, let's do the equation here. What does an athlete do? Well, an athlete, he he is 100 percent. Um, pay to play rugby union, go to training every day. He's got, you know, 14 to 20 hours put into his schedule, whether that be analysis, physio, doc, training, you know, um, speed work, blah, 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 and so on. Well, the referees need exactly the same. Make it full-time mm. is the first thing, you know. Make sure that they come in every day, they're doing analysis, they're doing, you know, technical, tactical um, training every single day, just like a player does, and then they go out there and they need to perform. You know, you, what we're expecting from a referee, and I could, I'm quite happy for someone to phone me up and tell me that, that I'm wrong, is that referees go out of the out of the game back into their daily job and expected to show up on a Saturday and perform to the levels that the players are performing at. Now, they can't. They, they, they simply, logic tells you that you've got, you've got apples and pears. You know what I mean? What I'm mm. saying is make it apples and apples. Have an academy, have a have a structure for a referee where they're there, if it's super rugby, every day of the week. Well, I think that these referees, um, there is, they, they, this year they are with five the teams. Them. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's, there's five or maybe six, actually. I'm trying to read. Ben, Brendan Prickle, Mike Fraser, uh, Williams, uh, Dan Wang. Uh, Dan Wang had his first game the other day. Like, There's probably about five or six that they're full-time keepy. They're full-time with the NZR, so they're full-time referees. That's all they do week in, week out. They review, they um, preview, they train, and then that's all they do. So that is their full-time gig. There's about five of them in the country. I don't know what they get paid or or what the kind of system is. I'd love to actually maybe get another referee on, maybe Louis, and just just break this down because it's a great conversation. I know where you're... Exactly what you're trying to say, Kempe, and and needs to be a genuine academy for it. I think New Zealand rugby have got one, but I just don't know what what it entails. Well, like everything with New Zealand rugby, can we just know about it? <laughs> yeah, I know, it's like, like, can you just tell us? And like, that, that's a great point, and, Louis. And like, and and you know, I feel for Aaron Smith and Artie Savi because they're doing this in the front of them. They're doing this in a in a you know a highly emotive stage in a after the end of a game, probably because they feel a little bit helpless. And the appropriate channels is like, not everything has to be done where we can't see it. Sometimes we just want to know what's going on with the game, and that's just that's just a personal gripe of mine. Anyway, boys, we've got to keep this moving. We'll come back to it later on. Loveracing.nz <laughs> is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Now, this weekend, we do have some good racing, boys. We've got group racing at Pukekohe. And I think I've found a couple over the odds here. Pinarello was scratched out of that uh, Manawatu Classic. And going into that, now this is beautifully bred. Tavistock, Zonza, racing for Cambridge Stud. This guy can gallop. Remember, he his starting price in a derby was very, very short. So with that in mind, he is the real deal. And over the 2,100 metres, last time we thought he was going to win, this time we think, we, I don't see any reason to move on. Ruark ran a really big race for Ben Foote in that race. Pinarello's drawn slightly wide, Ruark wider. I think $4.50, $1.90 for Pinarello is each way all day. But I'll tell you what I'm also backing. From Barrier 3, and I've been quoted on the show saying before, this horse will never win a race. And I'm not backing it at Otaki in Maidens in midweek anymore. <laughs> I've, I've given up doing that. 
I'm going group two to break its maiden. Titled, <laughs> Opie Bossin, the exceeded excel <laughs> cult for Jono Binner and Holly Winyard. These guys have had a torrid old season, but they're good trainers. This horse can gallop. It does a lot wrong. It settles back. But the biggest gear change in the history of New Zealand racing, <laughs> Owen Patrick up. Okay? So we get OP <laughs> up on the back of uh, Titled. And after it absolutely screamed home and ran pretty slick sectionals in the Manawatu Classic, uh, I think from Barrier 3, if OP can do his work, his magic, and get it closer, it can't go back to last from Barrier 3. So Barrier 3 is not a great barrier if it's going to be slow out of the barriers and go back and get stuck on the inside. But I'm just trusting that OP can work it into the race at his own pace and I think Titled can run a really nice race again. Each way value, $8.280. Ling Zhong, Zhong Feng, Kez's favourite horse of all time is the other one in the race. That is the Trelawney Stud Championship Stakes at Pukekohe Race 6. Uh, there's the, Man- the Manco Easter Handicap. Brando's being smashed in the market there, the race after. And then down at Rickerton, where there's group racing as well, uh, the Canterbury Gold Cup. Pre-defer is in the market there. Jason Laking to do the riding. So it looks like Tiaka might have a bit of a handprint on this weekend. Although Hasabro, fabulous horse for Andrew Carston, has got to be right mm. there carrying the 59. These two have gone at it time and time again. That's a nice race. Seriously, has got to be a chance as well. And Irish girl stretching out to the 2,000 metres. We'll talk about it a lot more as the week goes on, boys. But we've got to head off because Quizzy Dag is up next. And I've seen mm. the quiz today. Kimpy, you want a fifty? Kimpy got four. You want a fifty? Kimpy got five from five before the show, mate. Kimpy got. Did he? You did, eh? Nice, Kimpy. No, Louis Lyon. I got four. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to get the fifth one today. Come see us. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Quizzy Dag up next. This is how you do it, Quizzy Dag. Come play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy Dag. Come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, T.A.B. with the prize. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it, this is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it, Quizzy, they come play it. Oh, 800 one five oh eight eleven. Now give us a call. Yes, welcome in. Welcome in. Time for Quizzy Dag. Got to give someone the fifty dollars to follow some tips that Louis throwing out there. Titled Hassabro. I'll back Hassabro. Now back this one too. Clever Ruds racing again. Dom, when and where? Send me the date, brother. What race? I'll back in on that. He got me paid on the weekend. Thank you, Domi. Up in Auckland. All right, we're going to get over to Anton. He's from Auckland as well. Morning, Anton. Morning, bro. Morning, bro. <laughs> You're up. You're going to open up the bat. You're going to get it, get us home, eh? Five straight. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling it. Feeling it, <laughs> brother. Here we go. I'm not. Which seven star <laughs> will... <laughs> Question one. Which seven star will miss the next stop on the World Series to train with the Black Ferns 15 squad? Three little birds upon my doorstep. <laughs> oh, 
Bob Marley. Nah. Oh. You gone. It's on. You gone. I Sorry, if, brother. I wonder if petrol stations <laughs> running this weekend. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. One of the great sides. Here we go. <laughs> Damon from Palmy. Morning, Damon. Good morning, boys. Morning, morning. Which seven star will miss the next stop of the World Series to train with the Black Ferns 15 squad? Oh, is it in the women? Mm. Uh, mm. Is it Ruby Tui? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Not Tinkerbell. <laughs> Question number two. Who is Stephen Adams' Memphis Grizzlies facing in the first round of the NBA playoffs? Oh. We are the champions. Uh, oh. Yeah, mate. Yes. Well done. Question number three. How many teams has Greer Sinclair played for in the ANZ Premiership season, uh, this season? We're going we're gonna to chat to you later on, too. Uh, three. Oh, here. Yeah. Heater yes. alert. He's on. All right. David Tour will be inducted into the National Boxing Hall of Fame this weekend in California. What year did he fight Lennox Lewis for his heavyweight titles? Oh, I'll have to phone a friend on this one. The year I retired. Ooh. This year? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That's not really a clue. Oh, come on. Five. <laughs> come on, P Naughty. Two, four, three, two, one. That was my answer. <laughs> you didn't know when yeah, you retired? <laughs> but I got concussion. I still had, I still had a couple yeah. of years on it. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Have a good day, Damon. We're going to go to Brenton. Brenton, you're up. How are you, brother? Yeah, we're good, Brenton. What year did David Tour fight Lennox Lewis? Oh, I don't really know. I think about 20 years of 2002. Oh, 2002. No. Incorrect. Sorry, mate. We're going to go to the Cuzzy Ed from Tolaga. Yes! <laughs> 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 Come on, Ed. You know me. Morena, mate. What is that? Uh, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 all right. One more. One more and you get the $50 TAB bonus Come bet. On, all right. Ed. Here we go. Here we go, Ed. Right. I, I knew that one. <laughs> Here we go. Wimbledon. You know where Wimbledon is? Hey. <laughs> 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 Wimbledon have announced they will ban two players from this year's tournament, one being from Russia and the other from which other country? What oh my Belarus! What a... Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you got it, in. <laughs> Who are you putting it on, Ed? Who are you putting that $50 on? I want to lose ones, Cuddy. <laughs> 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 we'll find you something. Awesome, bro. Awesome. <laughs> well done. Well done. He's up. He's up and about, Louis. Awesome. Oh, never, Get him a winner now. There's never 
been a more deserving quizzy tag winner than Ed. Refuses to Google, refuses phone of friends, and he's nailed yeah. it. 2000 and uh, Belarus. And that's actually a super, super serious story. Uh, we'll talk about it later mm. in the morning, but Wimbledon, Dove said no. Now, you've got to remember the WTA and the ATP, so the actual governing bodies of the sport, they haven't done this. They have the mm. players' interests at heart. And, like, Medvedev has um, uh, demolished the war, and so has the Belarus- mm. Belarusian lady, her name escapes me, fourth seed and second seed. But Wimbledon, being its own entity, has said no. We It's our responsibility wow. to do anything, anything we possibly can to make Russia feel the pain of what their war crimes that they are committing. So that's a really interesting one. We could talk about that throughout the morning. After this, though, we're going to go on our Greyhound charity run before the top of the hour. It is six away from seven, Baz and Z for breakfast. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. Well, now I am the doyen of all things greyhound, greyhound racing after my trifecta in the derby at the Rangariri Tavern. Uh, I suppose I should tip us a winner <laughs> on behalf of Child Cancer Foundation. Uh, we're going pretty good here. We've nearly raised 400 bucks now. And today, well, at least we'll know pretty quick because we're racing at Cambridge on a Thursday. We're going race one, number two, Phillies Folly. And let me find you the odds because that's the, obviously the crucial part if you want to be backing it. Uh, Greyhound Racing, actually, and a big shout-out last week, um, Aaron White, who called the race, he actually also called the whole Greyhound meet the day before. So that's a big shift, and there's no odds at the moment, so we're getting starting prices. But barrier one, uh, or get box one, I should say, for Phil Green, Phil's folly, jumps, hits the front, hard to run down, all in the name of the Child Cancer Foundation. Greyhound Racing New Zealand, grnz.co.nz. They love their dogs, as we do we, and they love to race. There you go, Izzy. Get up, Phil's Folly, and race nice. one at Cambridge. Nice, mate. Loving that. Loving it. We're raising money for Child Cancer Foundation. That's why we do it. So keep doing it, Louis. Keep picking those winners. Coming up, when I talk to Gareth Davies about David Tua, our man, and also Tyson Fury taking on Dillian White. Lots to come in these next two hours. Keep texting us on double eight double three. I'm going to go get him at cafe about now. Here's Arrow Half the News for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building the all New Zealand. New Made in New Zealand, the Balanced Pure Performance Range is available at Chemist Warehouse. Starting from just $62.99. Save 10%. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. That song gets you as excited as I am. Gets me right up in this morning, Thursday, the 21st of April. Shout out to the boys back in the kitchen doing a great job. Joey, that was a smooth transition, mate. Hey, eh? oh, well done, well done. And Keza, 
holding down the phone lines, keeping Ed from Tolaga Bay paid. Shot, lads. Good work. Big couple of hours for you. We're going to talk to Greer Sinclair. Aroha touched on it in the news. They won their last game. The Stars beating the Tactics. My Tactics. Beating them uh, 56-48 to 48 last night. Uh, so we're going to have a chat to Greer Sinclair. She's played, she's played, she trains with the Stars, but she's also played in uh, three other teams, or two other teams with the Magic and the Mystics. So uh, it's a fantastic story. Obviously, COVID has... Uh, change things up as it does throughout the year and uh, throughout the last couple of years. But we're going to have a little chat to young Greer. She's 21 years of age. She's got a big future ahead of her. And then after eight, great story. Another feel-good story. Um, at Cafe Coffee Catch-Up, we're going to talk to Marin Hagi. He is the coach of the Waikato Mana. And he coached player Timaiti Martin. Timaiti Martin played for the Cowboys in that grand final where they lost to the Melbourne Storm. But he's also played for the Penrith Panthers. He got diagnosed with the diagnosed with a brain bleed uh, four years ago and uh, was told he probably wasn't going to be able to play rugby league again. Well, anyway, he's making a comeback. He's playing for the Broncos this weekend at fullback. We're going to talk to his coach. So it's a great, great story. Uh, coming up in this next um, conversation, though, we're going to talk some boxing because boxing is at the forefront of our minds as we talk about Tyson Fury and Dillian White. That is the fight. 95,000 people packed out Wembley Stadium. Is this... Tyson Fury's last fight. Are we going to see the Gypsy King come back? A Gypsy King that hasn't been the Gypsy King we've seen in the past. His comments and presses, he looks a bit, I don't know if I can say rattled or, or anything like that. Uh, he just looks a little bit indifferent at the moment as our man Tyson Fury. Dillian White is sitting back calm and relaxed and uh, he's playing all the right cards. Anyway, Gareth Davies out of the UK knows exactly what it takes to win fights and big heavyweight fights. But before we touch on Tyson Fury, I want to talk to Gareth Davies, our man out of the UK, who knows everything about boxing, about David Tua. David Tua has been inducted into the Hall of Fame of boxing, Gareth. What is that? Is that good recognition absolutely. for what he was able to achieve in the great game? Yeah, absolutely. He was an absolute legend. And look, he was the size of Mike Tyson, remember? And... Uh... <laughs> An absolute warrior from down your way, and it's brilliant here that he's been inducted. That's fantastic. Was he the? Here's a question for you. Was he the greatest heavyweight, or one of the greatest heavyweights, to not win a win about? He had 52 wins and five losses. Was he one of the greats that they never really got to where he was probably should have? Maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was in this. If he'd been in this era, he might well have done that. You know, he might well have, well have won a world title, but he was in a very difficult era. Um, an era where, um, you know, the super heavyweights had just come in and he wasn't that size, was he, you know? And so he was always struggling against much, much bigger opponents. But he deserves his credit. Like you say, it's a very good moniker for him, like a guy who, who never won a world title but should have, and he definitely sits in that pantheon. Yeah. And, and Gareth, is there any fight that sticks out in your mind with David Tua? Um, obviously, for us down here is his, his title shot with Lennox Lewis. But is there a knockout or a fight that um, up there in the, the Northern Hemisphere sticks out for you? Well, obviously, the Lennox Lewis fight came to mind immediately. But, you know, I think mm. um, I, I haven't got his record in front of me right now. And I'm so full of Tyson Fury and Dillian White words from having spent the last 14 hours. <laughs> yeah. I will think about it as we progress uh, yeah. in the conversation and, and have, a, have a really good 
think about it because, uh, like you say, it merits. I'm just looking here, actually. Um, I'm just looking here at his record, actually. I've, I've just got in from four, a 14-hour shift. Um, just trying to think. Um, God, he got some knockouts, didn't he? Um, oh, he had some uh, knockouts. Rackman? Asim Rackman. Yeah. Obviously, I'm trying to think. Later on, got Michael Moore, Monty Barrett. Later in his, Michael Is... Moore, absolutely. Um, later yeah. in his career, he had a draw with Monty Barrett. I can't believe that. Um, mm. But uh, look, I mean, um, I think the key is he was, like you say, Lennox Lewis was the dominant fighter in that era, mm. and um, you know when he lost to the like Monty Barrett and Alexander Ustinov at the end, he probably went on too long. In all honesty. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's incredible that it's over 10 years ago now, or 10 years ago nearly that he retired. <laughs> so, uh, wow, yeah. time passes quickly, doesn't it? You know, it it does. I remember watching that fight uh, against Lennox, and I was just hoping and praying he was gonna just do a little bit more. But the reach was a factor, Lennox was uh, the champion and, and deserved a champion, it was just too good in the end. But, um, mate, we're gonna talk about Tyson but he went 12 rounds and Dillian, but he White. went 12 rounds, he did. He did. That that is the key. He went twelve rounds. He gave himself a chance, and and uh, just at the end, he was just outreached, outreached in my eyes, and and from what I can remember. So we're very proud of him. Anyway, down under, he is one of our favourites, and uh, I was watching his highlights all morning, and just what a dominant force he was with that left hook, just devastating. Yeah. Yeah. But mate, we're going to talk about Tyson. You've been there in the forefront for the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, it's getting closer, and, and you probably heard my comments at the start. Uh, am I right in saying he's he's a little bit different, Tyson? Is, uh, is are you expecting fireworks from him, or is he a bit? I know wayward with his mental. Like, he, is he a bit off 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 put at the moment? No, I think he's just chilled. I think he's chilled. He's mellow. He's kept telling us that mm. this is going to be his last fight. I'm sure it's not going to be if there's an opportunity to fight <laughs> for the undisputed title against Alexander Usyk, or of course Anthony Joshua which would be enormous here. Um, you know, I've been with your compatriot, Joseph Parker, as well today around him, and you know that if Dillian White doesn't yeah. step into the ring on Saturday night, Joseph Parker is the replacement. And even though they're almost like brothers now, even though um, I think both of them are very poor hackers, by the way, um, and, and they both told me their hacker hasn't improved uh, since they've been pals, It'll be all business with those two because they'll end up fighting. I don't know if you know, didn't know if you knew that. I did. I read it today, but I didn't want to make it right because um, obviously a couple of months ago we spoke about it on the air and I said that Joseph Parker will never fight Tyson Fury. <laughs> so can you go tell Dillian White to, to man up in front, please? <laughs> <laughs> Dillian, listen, Dillian White was there today at the press conference the first time. We've seen the two men together face to face, and and like you say, it, there was a there was a bizarre nature to it today. It was a quite a very subdued Dillian White, but both fighters were very respectful towards each other. It was only the entourages that really tried to kick it off when they did the the ritual face off. Um, but I think what's happened is because. They haven't been in front of each other this whole time. Neither man really wanted to, just 72 hours out, kind of let their emotions go. And they were both very, very comfortable with each other. And I think, again, I mentioned it, you know, 
business. I think it's the business end of it now. I think if they'd got together several months ago, they probably would have had a go at each other. They'd have been smack talk. They'd have taken it away into camp with them. But I think, they, look, they're both in their prime. They're ready to go. Tyson Fury is really the complete heavyweight now. We've seen his offensive skills enhanced under the Cronk style with Sugar Hill Stewart, the nephew of the great, late great Emmanuel Stewart. And Dillian White's waited so long for this opportunity. They're both having massive paydays. Um, you know, £25 million for Tyson Fury, £6 million uh, for, for, for Dillian, and, and £2.5 million upside wow. for the winner. Um, so it's, it's enormous. 94,000 people coming to Wembley. I've been there all day, out on the pitch, it, it, getting it ready. 94,000 people in that stadium. Um, so when American Pie is sung and all the lights go down, it's, it's going to be some occasion. Boxing's back. Boxing's back, especially in the heavyweight division. Hey, Gareth, there's also, and you're talking about emotions, and it's been really unusual for us not to hear Tyson Fury talking about the DOSA. Um, but in the background, <laughs> Daniel Kinahan and this story that's under sort of undermined the build-up. Can you just give us a little snapshot on that storyline? Well, um, obviously the US Treasury imposed sanctions uh, on uh, Kinahan, and you know, there's no. Uh, I, I hasten to add, there are no. Um, he hasn't been convicted of any wrongdoing. It's only allegations at this point. And um, the, the, the basically, the the Tyson Fury, um, who was advised by him for a period of time, has distanced himself this week. Um, yeah, in fact, when was it? Day before yesterday or yesterday? Uh, to all of us in the media, he'd been, been very quiet about it for a week. He said he was no longer advised. I mean, you'll have read that um, MTK, uh, the management organization for boxers, over 200 boxers on their books, they will cease to trade at the end of the month. That was a company that was begun by Kinahan many years ago. Um, so, you know, in, in, in boxing terms, you know, this is a big, like you say, it, it's a very big story that's kind of overshadowed this promotion since the U.S. Treasury announced that last Tuesday and obviously the Irish authorities are, are following up on that and you know we're yet to see how that whole thing transpires. When you look at this fight on the cards you think Tyson Fury will will be too good like he is the Gypsy King I love what he's about he's so technically he can move his footwork for a big man is, is uh, second to none he's so so mobile. How do you see this fight? Can, can Dillian White do the unthinkable. Has he got any sort of chance? Honestly, it only takes one part punch for the heavyweights. But if, if Dillian White's going to have any chance, what would he need to do this fight? As Tyson Fury's become a more complete heavyweight, we've seen him take more risks because he wants to use his power and open up more. As you say, allied to that great elusiveness and movement in this six foot nine, 19 stone man. Basically, you know, as you guys would see, he'd only fit in the second row, wouldn't he, in, in, in a rugby game? It's the only position he could play. But someone like Tyson Fury could probably play everywhere. Um, you never know. He might be able to do drop goals and kick bloody goals from wherever. But um, I think he's got so many different... Um, he's got so many, as you say, he's got so many different styles that he can apply in this contest. Switch to Southpaw, box orthodox. In fact, his whole preamble in the workout on Tuesday, he did uh, just go southpaw most of the time. Um, I don't think he will because that will allow Dillian White to have 
to be more effective with a left hook, um, I believe. But he's going to have to time White as White comes forward aggressively and ebulliently. We know how Dillian fights with heart and spirit and power. And, you know, he's got his, he's improved defensively. His footwork has improved. But I think I expect Fury to try and command range with the jab early and get that big right hand across and time Dillian White and watch out for that uh, that timed left hook that, that is very much a, a, a counter left hook um, that comes off his right hand. Um, he throws it with all his might. You know, interestingly, you know, Dillian has said himself that I've worked really hard on adaptability for this fight because he can't afford to be one-dimensional against Tyson Fury, just as Tyson Fury probably doesn't want to kind of release his entire armory too early. I think it will be a fight in which we see a pattern um, set in the first couple of rounds. Um, I, you know, on paper, as you say, you cannot write Dillian White off. He's got this extraordinary narrative in his life. I did an interview with him for The Telegraph earlier in the week in which, you know, he explained, I did the interview a little while ago out in Portugal, but how he explained that he'd had to rob and steal growing up and how he'd become a father at 13. He'd been involved in gangs. He's been shot and stabbed. But his life has been transformed from the age of 17 by being a kickboxer, getting involved in um, mixed martial arts and then becoming a boxer. And he really is emblematic of how a life can be transformed. I know you have difficult areas down there in New Zealand and for many of the the kind of the the more difficult communities rugby is often a way out isn't it and it gives people discipline and respect and changes the 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 little the 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 stones they throw that ripple on the pond affect family members and further out and enhances the uh, people and lets them know that there's a role in life and Dillian is very much there and he's shown that this week and he's shown that in the build-up to this that he's got He's got a greater maturity and he doesn't let his emotions get to him. I say this extraordinary backstory and narrative, just as the Gypsy King Tyson Fury has, um, you know, with, with, his, with his ballooning in weight and his binging and depression and mental health issues, losing 10 stone, coming back and winning the world title. They're both very powerful human beings in the nature of their stories. I think both men have a lot on the line here. Tyson Fury... It, I think it's his fight to lose in many ways. I think he may well dismantle uh, Dillian White if it goes to the form book and stop him around the ninth or tenth round. But Dillian White will be dangerous as long as he's standing. Because even when he's a wounded tiger, he's going to give it all. He's a genuine warrior. And, and, you know, I'm very excited about this event. I'm working the live broadcast on radio for Talk Sport. Um, writing as well at the same time. And it, it's going to be a fab, fabulous night. I've been to several big stadium fights in the UK in my time covering the sport, and, and I cannot wait for this one. Yeah, 94,000 fans at Wembley Stadium. It sounds like a Challenge Cup final to me. Um, Gareth, just yeah. just on that, you're talking about uh, Tyson probably going nine rounds and dismantling him the form, you know, probably says that. But, you know, as we know in heavyweight, um, in the heavyweight division, it's a you know one punch can change a man's lifestyle. Let's forecast yep. that Dillian White wins this. Where, what does that do to the heavyweight um, division, and especially for our man Joseph Parker? Does that throw him right back in the mix? Is the is is the the if he's stepping up tonight when Dillian White doesn't shot? What happens if Dillian White steps up and knocks out Tyson Fury? Does that mean Joseph Parker's first off the rack? 
I do think he's uh, in the frame. There's no question about it. it I, I covered that fight for for the, the Telegraph and uh, Talk Sport Live from you know a couple of feet from it. it was an incredible fight as you'll both recall. So exciting, so thrilling. Joseph Parker down from that left hook and coming back and nearly finishing Dillian late in the fight. An extraordinary fight. And yeah, it does. I mean, it was a thriller. And imagine that thriller in a massive stadium. And we've kind of adopted Joseph as one of our own over here. He's had so many fights <laughs> now. He's part of the, the furniture over here. Um, you know, and the other thing to think about is, you know, maybe that gives credence more credence to Anthony Joshua. We believe he'll fight uh, Alexander Usyk in the rematch for those three belts he lost last September um, in Saudi Arabia on July the 23rd. And, and, and if Joshua won that, we could even have Dillian White against Anthony Joshua again because, again, they had a great fight when they were young in their professional careers. Look, if, if Dillian White wins, it's legacy-making for him, his family, the story, as I was just mentioning, of his life. It shows hope for so many people who, who, who have to have faith that they can do things in life, no matter you know, that they have nothing growing up. And I think um, that's the great thing about when, when, when mm. big fights come into focus, you really do get to learn the stories of people. And what does Tyson Fury do if he loses? He's talking about retirement. If he wins, you know, he, he says, I've had enough, you know, but I think he could be lured back for another big fight. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's all to play for. You cannot write anyone off in this fight. Tyson Fury may, may school Dillian White. You don't know. He may be um, taking White too lightly and, and, and may believe that he, he is too great now and could make a mistake because one mistake could cost either man the championship. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing you. Gareth, mate, you always ride on the button with everything you say, and uh, I think the best thing about that is that you've got two great fighters, but two inspiring fighters that inspire life outside of the ring, and that's what they both do. And uh, we love having you on the show, mate. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts on what's about to unfold at Wembley Stadium. We really appreciate it. Say good day to Joey Parker from the team here at SENZ, and uh, all the best, mate. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, legends. There he is, Gareth A. Davies, out of the UK, talking all things boxing, and, wow, he's just fantastic, man. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We'll be back shortly. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're coming up to 7.30. Gareth A. Davies, Izzy, he is the encyclopedia of British boxing, isn't he? He is the man, writes for The Telegraph. He's all over the talk sport coverage. And he's kind of painted the picture that, hey, yes, Dillian White could cause the upset, but at the same time, let's not get rattled by why Tyson Fury's built up to this fight. He's just calm. He is composed, and there's every chance he could pick him apart. Do you have a gut feel? I have a gut feel that Tyson's going to be too good. Yeah, I, I think I just love Tyson, what he's about, mate. What he's done in the game of boxing, he's, he's, he's inspired. He's drawn people in to come watch the, the fight game. He's made boxing great again, you know. There was moments here where there was, the heavyweight division was kind of stagnant, but he's come out, he's inspired, he's made people want to watch it, book it on telly, and I think he's going to finish him relatively in the middle of the fight rounds. So, yeah. I'm expecting Tyson to get the job done. What about you, Ank? Well, the way you punt, is he? I reckon he's laid off the 25 million. <laughs> Tyson is going to get knocked down the second. Jump on. It's about. I think it's worth about 900 pounds. <laughs> okay, Kimpy. <laughs> How about I give you an assignment you have to take seriously? Is this Tyson Fury's last fight? No. 
course it's not. I mean, a boxer can never say it's his last fight, mate. Look at Muhammad Ali. Yeah, How many last Jake fights Paul. did Muhammad Ali have? How many last no. fights did, Mah- Too many. did Mike Tyson have? Too many. You know, this, still fighting. Yeah, David Tour. How many f- f- last fights did Dave have? All I say is, Dillian, please show up. Just please fight. Oh, oh, don't get oh. <laughs> why do you say that, Daggy? <laughs> oh, mate. Let's be honest, if that situation unfolds, is it going to be a genuine slug off? Like a slug fest? Or what? Is like, he? Come, oh. Does Joseph Parker will have a chance to take the belts to be the heavyweight yeah, champion of there, the world. Like, laughing at him, going, I'm going to punch your head in, but. Love you. Okay. Love you. I promise you that won't be how it would happen. It would be white line fever. It would be let's get it done. Do you think Tyson would just sort of like throw that one just so Joseph could have the belts if they're that close? (laughs) Nah. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't. Isn't that what Corey Jane did for you, is he? <laughs> nah, mate, he never threw anything. I threw him the bar pass, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 20, 29 from eight. <laughs> what do you think? Double eight, double three. Tyson too good. Dillian the upset chance. And is this Tyson Fury's last fight? Come on, I know you love your boxing. Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 811. That's the Kennard's higher phone. Then the Temper Bed Post text machine's there for you as well. 29 away from eight. Some sports headlines up after this. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. SENZ, we're 27 away from 8 o'clock this morning. A lot going on around the world of sport right now. Uh, we have the Masters in, in uh, Monte Carlo going on the tennis. We'll talk a bit more of tennis just in a second. Right now in the Premier League, though, Chelsea Arsenal locked 2 all. Four goals in the first half in the Chelsea Arsenal tie. And do you know what's happening in Manchester City, Brighton? Well, Brighton are doing a job at the moment for Liverpool. It's nil all into the 34th minute there. Uh, Newcastle's up 1-0 against Crystal Palace. That's good for Chris Wood, of course. Leicester City up ahead of Everton 1-0 at half-time as well. Talking to Gareth A. Davies, Izzy, you say you don't want it to happen. How about this for a tidbit? If Dillian White no-shows... You know, I've been with your compatriot Joseph Parker as well today around him, and you know that if Dillian Watt doesn't step into the ring on Saturday night, Joseph Parker is the replacement. And even though they're almost like brothers now, even though um, I think both of them are very poor hackers, by the way, and and they both told me their hacker hasn't improved uh, since they've been pals, it'll be all business with those two because they'll end up fighting. No, you know it'll be all business, and it'll be all business when Daggy goes to his TAB account and has to withdraw some of those winnings yesterday and pay up. Pay up, Daggy. <laughs> what do we bet? What do we We had oh. a bet, eh? Don't you remember, bro? It was a gorilla. It was a, a, little, it was a gorilla. A little 20, eh? <laughs> oh, was it a gorilla? Oh, wow. It was at the very, <laughs> very least a banana. Front. It was at the very least a banana. Um, hey, that's what's going on over in the UK with the boxing. Now, over in the UK on the tennis front, boys, I want to leave this with you. This is probably a, a story I didn't expect to break just now, just yet. But the Russian and Belarusian players have been banned from Wimbledon. Now, this is a huge story because it involves Daniel Medvedev, Anya Sabalenka. 
Not just them, though. They are the second and fourth seed, respectively. But we have players littered throughout the top 20 in both the men's and the women's that will be missing out, including Victoria Azarenka, uh, Andrei Rublev, who's been playing very well for Russia, and, of course, Karen Kashinov as well, the 26th seed at the moment. Wimbledon, they've put their foot down and said, hard no, we don't want any representation from the players from Russia or uh, Belarus due to the war in Ukraine. The WTA and the ATP have said that this is very, very, very brutal. Um, Discrimination based on nationality also constitutes a violation of our agreement with Wimbledon that states a player entry based solely on ATP rankings. Any course of action in response to the decision that will now be assessed in consultation with our board and member councils, a.k.a. This is not the last you've heard of this. The real head scratcher for me is, and this is where it gets very messy, all player, all coaches, um, physios, workers from those countries are able to attend Wimbledon. It's the shop front they don't want. They don't want the players on the court, even if they don't support the war, and some of these players have actively come out and said we completely disagree with it. They don't want to be seen promoting Russia or Belarus at all. Now, this is going to be a huge story in the coming months, and if it isn't resolved, I can see lawsuits, I can see settlements, I can see the ATP, just from their language so far, going very, very hard on this, representing their players. Kempi, this is pretty massive, because this isn't this isn't sport and politics. This is sport and war intertwining. Yeah, and it's a... I guess when you look at it, it's a... You sort of get the, the where Wimbledon are coming from, and you also also get where the ATP is coming from from a player's perspective and not having any discrimination about that. But I think the precedent was set years and years ago when sport became a stage to to profile um, any type of event, you know, from the American Civil War all the way through to, I guess, what we're seeing now with the Russian and Ukraine war. So, you know, making these decisions... Man, what... It, Imagine having to be the person sitting on that board that has to make that decision, because you are basing it on on not just it's, it's really your opinion because the opinion is not the same of everyone else, and that's what Wimbledon have done. They're actually gone against their governing body to say, well, hey, this is our home. We're deciding on who comes in and who doesn't, and the reasons why um, we're not going to allow this to happen. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Louis. I think it's a real grey area at the moment. It's not black and white. A lot of sports. What do, so? What do a lot of other sports do? That's the that's what's really interesting about this. Some other sports have banned Russian athletes. The majority of sports, including the ATP and the WTA tours, have made them compete under not under their flag. Um, mm. The French Open is going to let them play. We've had different, uh, like football, for example, banned the national teams, but I'm almost certain the players are allowed to carry carry on. And this is where the individual sports is even more of a grey area, is it? Because it's kind of like they are representing themselves, but they're also representing their country. Uh, it's a tense one. I can see it from both sides. Where I think it doesn't stack up is you're letting the physios, you're letting the um, kind of the accessories turn up and come. So it's really a perception thing, which is where it gets a little bit fishy for me. It's a big story though, Daggy. I don't expect you to have an opinion on it straight away, but it is. It's going to be send shockwaves through sport. I think. Mm, look, yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be around for conversations for a very long time. I think um, with with Wimbledon. And they're just, you know, they're probably our most prestigious golf, uh, you know, major 
on the on the on the golf um, tour that that is making a stamp. And you touched on it, Uncle. We saw with um, Black Lives Matters and the the kneeling and the change, and we've seen the players really fronting and they're trying to make a change. I think Wimbledon. And and most oh, everyone around the world is, is knows that this war is a joke and it's absolutely shouldn't be happening. So they're just trying to make a stand. And I don't think it's here that you you um, you ruin players that have already gone up and, and condemned the war, like Daniel Medvedev has done. I think uh, he's already condemned it and he should be allowed to play. But look, it's something that's going to unfold, mate. And yeah, watch this space. Watch this space indeed, and remember the Formula One, the, the uh, Mzepin team, the uh, Haas completely just rooted completely out of the F1. They're not even going to have the uh, event in Russia. So different sports are taking its different serious levels of seriousness, but I think this is interesting because Wimbledon as an entity, not the sport, it's the mm. tournament, is saying no, hard, no. 20 away from eight, let's catch up with Greer Sinclair, young netballer who's played for three ANZ Premiership teams this season alone. After this, Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Shop egg deals this week at Chemist Warehouse, like 15% off the Musashi Sports Nutrition range. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. We've got Tony Kemp, Louis Herman White and myself in the chair to bring you home for the next hour and quarter. We're coming up to 8 o'clock. Right now we're going to tack left like Blair Chook and talk a bit of ANZ Premiership because last night it was on our tally, it was on our screens. It's been a bit of a delay and a bit of a break for... The stars, as uh, they have had to endure, which is on everyone's minds at the moment, COVID. COVID has been at the forefront, has disrupted all sports around the world, and uh, it has seen that disrupting with the ANZ Premiership. And it's, But with disruption comes opportunity, and an opportunity for our young athletes around the country to get an opportunity to play at the top level, and we've got one of those athletes on the line now. We've got Greer Sinclair, who's 21 years of age, She's had an opportunity to play at the big time. She's training with the Stars. She's played for the Magic and the Mystics. So she's had an opportunity. She's on the line now. Morning, Greer. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Good. I'm really good. How are you guys? <laughs> good, thank you. Good, thank you. Great to have you on the show. Um, well, let's, let's talk about it. Uh, how have you found this this season? It's been disruptive but it's been an opportunity for you yourself you're 21 years of, of age you've had an opportunity at the top how was it how are you finding it yeah it's been a crazy season so far um stupid covid but um <laughs> ah. we might have lost it stupid lost there. never a true word spoken <laughs> though <laughs> <laughs> We lost it, Louis? Yeah, I think we might have. We'll, tr- we'll try to get it back. Just to really drum this home, Kempe, you were blown away before the show when we were talking about this. Three teams in six weeks. Three different trainings, three mm. different coaches, three different sets of players, and it's your first time getting a crack at this level. Well, four teams, because she played for, for a reserve-grade side too, I think, for one of the sides. And to do that mm. in, inside this... Um... Oh, hello, we've got her back here. Hey, hey Greg, how you going? We're just talking about. We're just, Hi there, I think. I, you for a bit. <laughs> I, we're just talking about the the amount of effort you've put in over the short period of time playing for the for the stars, the Magic's, and the Mystics. But you also played um, a little bit of for the second team too in that that um, period. How have you? Well, my question is, how have you found going into each 
different team, different culture, different coach, different training sessions um, for your development. How have you found that? Yeah, um, some has I found it a little bit challenging, but um, I've looked at it as a good opportunity to have different coaches at a, such a high level, to be um, training with different girls with silver ferns, and um, yeah, everyone, every um, team that I've gone into has been really, really nice. Like they've just welcomed me in, so I've felt like I've just I, I don't know. It's been a seamless transition to go from team to team. <laughs> Nice. Have you noticed the the difference? Have you noticed the difference from playing in the second, uh, you know, the development league and heading into the top? What what's the biggest um, notice you've you've seen from the game? Yeah, there's definitely a big step up. Um, I think it's just the intensity. Just training at mm. at an ANZ level is just so much harder than <laughs> the NNL level. The NNL is there for like a pathway. It's for development, and so. We obviously want the girls at that level to be training as hard as the ANZ, but when you get sewer fans and you've got other high athletes in the ANZ um, training environment, it's just you're never going to beat it. So to be able to be able to train in that environment has been tough, but very very challenging and a cool opportunity to be there. Hey, Greer, is it, is it when you're going into the different franchises, are you finding that the girls are doing the same thing daily like in each of the franchises, or is it totally different? What And what is that difference if, you, if, it, if it is um, uh, in each, each of those franchises? Yeah, so each team do different, like, training blocks. So uh, when I went away with the Magic, they actually do um, their training in a three-day block, so they they do all their week's trainings within those three days. So you get, like, you get hammered those three days. I walked out of there, like, (laughs) sore, very, very sore. (laughs) Because compared to Stars and Mystics, they kind of spread theirs out throughout the seven days. So you've you've got your time to give yourself um, time to recover. But, yeah, when I went out of Magic, I was like, wow. (laughs) I'm going to go need to get a massage or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. Well, well Greer, um, you've obviously had a taste of it now. You've been to three pretty successful franchises now. Where where does Greer want to be? Where does Greer want to be going forward? Where does your heart lie? What franchise would you love to be a part of? Look, if I got an opportunity to be at any of them, I'd be happy. I want to be playing at ANZ level, so... Anyone that I would get, I'd be more than happy. Um, the stars are, are my team at the moment because I was the training partner for there. So my loyalties are there at the moment. But, hey, if I get an opportunity anywhere, I'll for sure take it. <laughs> nice. That's what we love to hear. Quickly, before we let you go, four weeks between pretty much uh, the last match for the stars. How, how's the team pulled up after last night's performance over tactics? Uh, you, was there a little bit of rust? Yeah, I haven't actually, because um, I wasn't in the team with them last night, but um, the mm. girls look like they did great. And I think that, I don't know, it took them a little while to get into it, but they pulled out at the end, and I think they'll do the exact mm. same on Sunday. Nice, nice. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show, Greer. Um, all the best for the next couple of weeks, and whatever you do, Give it your best and take those opportunities with open arms. You spoke about it. Anywhere in the ANZ Premiership will be a success. So all the best and we'll be watching with interest. Thanks very much. 
Awesome. Thanks for having me. That's a cool story there, Unc. Cool little story and talking about opportunities. And, and it would have been difficult going from different voices, different eyes, and not really getting any routine. It's... It's crazy how sport is at the moment, isn't it? And I can just see that, um, you know, what a great answer at the end, that, you know, she's just taken every every step in her stride and that she just wants to be in playing in the best competition. But the thing that really strikes me when we're talking to these younger younger kids is I remember that, you know, being that age at 20 when the, you were put in front of the media, man, it was such a, it was such a nervous time. These, these kids these days, mate, they just pick it up and they run with it. You know, they've, they've got real good um, articulation around the, the conversation and nothing nothing throws them. Like, when you give them a question, it's like, yeah, man, you know, like you know, like that question, who would you want to play for? You know, back in my day, I said, mate, I'm playing for this team who I'm playing for right now. I'm not going to say anything against them. But she's going, well, I just want to play. I'll play for any one of them. Yeah, they're know? sharp and they've grown up in an internet age mm. in front of screens. And uh, look, that kind of... This speaks to the times we're in. You're not afraid to call out referees in a post-match as well. So there's all of that, and it is a new generation of athletes that are brave with their words, which is awesome to see. Seven minutes away from eight, Greer Sinclair, absolute champion, who's doing it three, four teams in six weeks of netball. Wow, what a story. Hey, we're going to go around the grounds with Rainbird after this, boys. Love this on Thursdays. Back with that soon. Made in New Zealand, the Balanced Pure Performance Range is available at Chemist Warehouse, starting from just $62.99. Save 10%. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Around the Grounds with Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. All right, boys, let's do it. Coming up to 8 a.m., Chiefs Waratahs. See, these games are all in Melbourne, aren't they? Chiefs Waratahs, 8 mm. p.m. Friday. Chiefs just pump them, is he? Uh, they've got a few injuries out. I saw Brad Webber's out. Anton, you got Sean Stevenson, Joshuani. Okay. All right. Oh. Tighter than you think. I expected them to pump them. I'm expecting them to pump them, but mate, with those injuries, I've lost some big names. Hurricanes Reds is 9.45 on Saturday as well. Uh, then we've got Highlanders Brumbies, 4 p.m. Sunday. Crusaders Rebels, 6.30 p.m. Sunday. The best Super Rugby game will be Blues, Fiji and Draw. Oh, I want to watch. That'll be mm. epic. 7 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Kolkata Knight Riders versus the Titans is 10 p.m. Saturday. That's Baz, of course. We've got the Phoenix Western Sydney Wanderers, 3 p.m. on Sunday at Eden Park. Kempi, are you going? No, I was. I actually thought it was on a Monday. So uh, I saw that last night that it was played on Sunday. Unfortunately, I was kind of up at a wedding up in um, Kirikiri this weekend, so I'm going to miss that. I would have loved to go, have gone and watched that. And Warriors vs Storm, 9pm Monday night at Amy Park in Melbourne. The Anzac Day Clash will be reacting to that one Tuesday morning. Rainbird around the grounds, the intelligent use of water daggy. Beautiful, beautiful shot, Louie. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees. Coming up, Marin Hagi talking about Tamari V. Martin. Here's the Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning. Welcome back. Listening to Baz and Lizzie for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, the 21st of April. We've got Tony Kemp, Louis Herman, White, and myself bringing you home for this last hour. We've had two solid hours. We had a great conversation, catch up with our man Gareth A. Davies over in the UK, talking about David Tua and what a fantastic ambassador he was for the game and the sport of boxing. 52 wins, five losses. Uh, he's an absolute champion. And uh, he has been inducted into the Sport Hall of Fame. And on that note, we are giving away a prize pack thanks to Musashi and the Chemist Warehouse. We are giving away a prize pack uh, for you to take home to our lucky texter. So give us a text on double eight double three. Your favourite memory of David Tour? Which was your greatest and uh, inspiring memory? Which was his greatest knockout? There are so so many knockouts. He's knocked over over sixteen boxes. So, you know, devastating left hook. But give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three, and the best text will win a Musashi prize pack. Thanks to our team. We've got a good hour. We're going to talk to Tom Abercrombie later in this hour about, well, the breakers. They're taking on the Adelaide 36ers to end their disastrous season. It's been a tough one for the boys at the breakers over in Australia. And we're going to have a catch-up with the Court Kings with our man, Tom Abercrombie. But right now... Uncle's going to try our next guest. Yeah, mate, it's time for that McAfee coffee catch-up, and this story is well worth it. So, mate, a story that I've been following over the last couple of years with this young bloke. His name is uh, Tamari Martin, who played for the North Queensland Cowboys, also Penrith. Um, he had a run around with, and he's making a comeback. He's playing this weekend for Brisbane at fullback, um, I'm being told. But he came home. He, he he got injured. He he had a brain bleed and got told that he would never play football again. So he came home, and he got stuck into it down at the Waikato, into the local competition. I remember having a conversation with one of the, the um, board members down there last year saying that all the Waikato boys couldn't wait to play against him because he was carving them up. And they were all looking to, to, to try and um, get one on him. But he's done so well over the last couple of years, so well in fact, that the um, Brisbane Broncos offered him a, a start over there. And this week, because of injuries, he gets a, he gets a start um, with the Brisbane Broncos at fullback. And down in the Waikato, Marin Haggy coached Tamari um, for the Waikato Mana side. And we've got him on the line. Kia ora, Marin. How are you this morning? Kia ora, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, good man. This must warm your heart. This story. Tell us a little bit about how the last couple of years have gone for Tamari. Um, yeah, like you said, he he um, he copped a he copped a bit of a an injury. Uh, Twenty nineteen, I think it was, and received the bad news, and um, he ended up coming home. And he was, you know, just he went back to being Tamari from the coast again, and just living life on the on the coast, and. Um, I heard through the grapevine that he'd, um, he'd started playing rugby union down uh, down in the, um, in the King Country comp. Um, and I'd caught up with him. I'd said to him, is he thinking about playing rugby league again? And at the time, he wasn't sure. And uh, as things panned out, he, he, he ended up uh, back playing rugby league for his uh, his whanau club there at Taharoi out on the West Coast. And like you said, he he um, jumped into the Waikato League competition and... Um, was an instant hit. Um, and I asked him about what he wanted to do, and yeah, the, the goal he said was to get back into the NRL. Uh, so, as the coach of the, the World Cup side, I had been in contact with him um, throughout the year, 
and you know, that's what what him and I were, were planning for. So it was around um, you know, putting together a, a decent squad so to give him and his teammates uh, an opportunity uh, to shine and to, and to get some exposure. And look, here we are. Um, you know, five games ago, technically he was playing for Waikato, and now he's back playing in NRL. Yeah, well done, well done, you, uh, Maren, especially the Waikato team too, because it, it isn't just about the stars, it's about the players play, that you play around that give you that opportunity. The op- the opportunity, though, let's have a look, let's just have a little bit of a, uh, a chat about that. For me, how does Tamari come to this decision about um, putting the game in front of his health? Did he get a, did he like get a dead set clearance and feel safe about it, or is it is it personal for him? Just you guys obviously spoke about it being so close. What just take us through that process that's got him back to this stage? It was it was health first and foremost. Um, so he, you know, the discussions that I'd had with him, and, and I didn't go into too much depth with him. Um, but as far as I was concerned, um, he'd had clearance to play, and he wanted to play, and that's about and that's about where it, where it landed between um, between him and I. And the fact that his dad was coaching club footy and his mum was the manager and his mum uh, mum and dad, they, they're awesome people, you know, um, very civic-minded uh, about giving back to communities and to the game. And his mum's a health professional. Uh, and I know that she would not have let him play uh, had he not been given those, those clearances or the necessary clearances um, to do so. Um, so we know that uh, his health was, uh, was, first, was the first... Uh, and paramount priority, and then you know what it's like, Kempi. Uh, once you put on a pair of boots, um, you know that you just <laughs> want to keep going and going. And I'm pretty sure that you know, had you been given a chance to put that white out of Bears jersey on, that would have put, that would have led you back to playing in the, in the Winfield Cup in five games time too. Oh, one one regret, <laughs> one regret. I didn't come home and go straight down to white to play in a grand final. But um, mate, just just on that. Um, and Izzy's got a couple of questions for you too. This this weekend he runs out. How proud are the Waikato Fano, um, especially all those boys that got to play with them over the last couple of years, going to be? Uh, yeah, you said earlier that it, it, people haven't really been making a big deal of it, um, you know, or the media anyway. But I can tell you that uh, Fano from down here in Waikato, his teammates, um, you know, everybody's posts are about these. Shots of Tamari Martin playing at fullback, uh, or you know, training with with um, with that intent to play at fullback this week. The people are proud, although quietly and humbly, uh, the people are, are amazingly proud that um, you know their, their their man really. You know, he was he was the man for for the Waikato team and the Waikato rugby league competition last year. Um, their man is making the comeback, and you know, there's this um, when you talk to people around uh, around the streets about it um, when people talk when, the, when the, the conversation eventually gets to to Midas, um comeback there's a sparkle in people's eyes mm. uh, people can't wait to see um, our, our mate uh, make his comeback yeah Maren thanks for coming on the show mate is he here what can we expect from Timari like you know when he was a young guy when he was playing last in the NRL can we expect a, a calm head you know he's three years uh, older, so he's probably you know seen a lot. He's had a lot of experience. So what can we expect from Tamari come the weekend when he's running out there with Adam Reynolds in the Bronx? Yeah, I look. Um, I, I I sincerely hope that people aren't expecting the world of of Tamari. Mm. 
because mm. it has been three years and there have been some massive changes in the game. Um, but what I think we can, ex- or what I think we we can we will see, is um, he'll he'll be playing like a man who's who's got a second life. He's got a second chance. So there'll be some smiles. There'll be you'll you'll see him actually having fun, um, and you'll you'll see him playing like a man uh, who isn't taking the second chance for granted now, because you, know, um, mm. you know two and a half three years ago. Um, what was his boyhood dream was was ripped away from him, and you know I've never been in that position myself, but I can imagine that you know those those in, the ways he would have internalised it uh, over the last two and a half three years would have been if I just get my chance again, I'm going to take everything I've got, and I'm pretty sure that's that's the, that's what we can see from Timothy. Um in terms of his performance. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, he's, he's he's playing in a team that, uh, let's be fair, um, are struggling, uh, but they're playing against mm. a team that are that are struggling as well. Um, but like like you said, you know, you emphasise the name Adam Reynolds there. Um, Adam Reynolds is is you know he's he's a classy player. I think he played three hundred games. Um, so he'll lead that Broncos team around. Um, he'll have Tyson Gamble as his five eight, and Tyson Gamble is what's he six one, six two, and ninety five kilos. So you know he's going to be a running five eight, which will mean that uh, Mike gets to gets to play in probably his most preferred position. Not not so much at fullback, but as as a second receiver and let that let the halfback do all the march let march the boys around the park. Um, and then the fact that I think uh, Kevin Walters has put his his son. Uh, on the bench uh, with Keenan Palacia, who's been awesome. He's been awesome in the Broncos' middle. Um, you can see Kevin Walters um, expects this game to, to be a grind. And so by having Keenan Palacia on the bench and Billy Walters on the bench, it'll just be so that uh, so the game can open up. He expects the, the game to open up a little bit later on. So I think Mighty will, um, play, a, will play a crucial role uh, in and linking Adam Reynolds uh, to those outside backs of, you know, Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth, who um, Herbie Farnworth's been on form. He comes back this week, uh, and Katoni Staggs has just found his form in the last last two rounds, I think. And I think, um, you know, that, that outside backs unit of the Broncos uh, will be looking to score some points over over the dogs who are actually struggling to find points. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty open affair. I'm, I'm expecting some uh, fireworks from Katoni Stags as well. Hey, um, quickly, just we let, we'll let you get back to Kempe. I just want to ask you a question. He played a bit of Union. Was there any chance he was going to stay in Union and have a wee crack at that? Or, or nah, you know, uh-huh. and, and uh, rugby league was sure. always the pathway? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not sure. Um, you know what? I, I didn't even How'd I didn't go even it? talk to him. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm coaching league at the same time he was playing union, so it was just um, yeah. it was just a bit of hearsay. But yeah, let's just say he played awesome. Yeah, of course he was. He he was a, he was a, apparently I heard the, I heard the rumor down there that um, they made a special trip down there. Graham Henry when he first came back, they're thinking about throwing him in and throwing him straight to the All Blacks. He was going that good, is he? <laughs> but but I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Marin, he'll. He'll go really well tonight. That, that three years off that, um, as he was talking about, uh, will will hold him in good stead because it'll make him a, a, such a much more level. You've got to think about the 
um, teams he's come through to in the, the final series that he's played in. He, he'll know how to get the job done. I think the Brisbane Broncos will get the job done. 13-plus against the um, Bulldogs, uh, who are struggling yeah. with a heap of new a heap of new players coming in. And um, just if you can do one thing from him, just let him know that uh, everyone has been watching his progress, mate. So for us to see him play tonight is one of the one of the beautiful stories uh, of 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 the game, and um, we just want to thank you too for coming on this morning. It's been great ch- chatting to you. No worries, thanks, Kimpy. Thanks, Izzy. Izzy, and I don't know if you watched the kid when he first came hit the hit the ground running. I remember watching him. Mate. He was the next Benji Marshall. That's the. You know, mm. I remember them saying like this young kid from Waikato, he's over there playing for Penrith, and he's he's just stepping yeah. them out, like going around them all over the place. And I watched his his um his his reel, and he was just outstanding. So, mate, if he wanted to have a crack at rugby union, he'd be that type of player that would actually he'd go all right in that game as well. No, I thought I thought yeah, hundred percent. I thought he just he just wanted to have a little tongue and cheek little little. Little stab there and see what he said, but no, nah, he's made the right choice, mate. He's going back to NRL, and, and I did watch him when he was running around for Penrith, and when he was playing standoff, he was quality, and you spoke about it. Just had silky skills, and then I, I always wondered, like you know, whatever happened because I actually didn't know the story about Tamati having the brain bleed, and just watching this all unfold and seeing what's happening, I just think it's a great story of of dedication, hard work, sacrifice, just never ever giving up on your dreams, and. This will inspire so many people out there that have doubts, that have had career-ending injuries and, and diagnosis from the surgeons to say, like, never give up on your dreams. So awesome story, boys. Well done. And great to hear from Marin, who was an inspiration to get him back to the NRL. So we'll be watching, just like Wayne Bennett will be watching mm. too. Louis. Yeah, yeah, that's it. What about this text from Goose? Very sharp work. One person that'll be glued to the Broncos, Tamari, is Wayne Bennett. I reckon he'll make a play for him. Uh, the new team, the Redcliffe Dolphins, mm. of course. Very good point, Goose. It's quite hard. It's gonna, it's hard for Wayne Bennett. He can't just go and take a full team. So these kind of players that will be looking for opportunities are the sort of players you'd expect to make up that new Dolphins side, along with a few marquees, of course. And just going back and connecting with his family and his community and playing club footy out of Notorohanga and on the coast there. And yeah, it's a real real success story no matter how he goes. Awesome stuff. You know, the, the, the sad thing about this is he played in New Zealand for the last couple of years and... His, mm. he's, a, he's, a, he's a Kiwi, so he's played for New Zealand. He's gone through the final series, lost the grand final with the Cowboys um, and ended up in Brisbane, and he's playing on our back doorstep. And we're not – and the thing with it and the Warriors, we're not blessed with halves and especially in fullbacks. And what I'm, <laughs> what I'm really interested to see is whether or not he kicks on and again we're going to say, well, uh, how come we, he was sitting here in our back Another doorstep. one that got away. How come our recruitment didn't really look at him, you know? so I hear you. I actually mm. wonder if it's a good thing for him, though, that he didn't come through that Warriors, because imagine the imagine the spotlight that would have been on him. It, like, it, I think it's kind of, for this to go a little bit under the radar and just to be able to work his way through those ranks in Brisbane, a little bit out of sight, out of mind, it, for him, I think this is probably best. But for the Warriors and for Warriors fans, if he kicks on, we will be... We will be mortified because you're right. He's literally down country on the coast. Playing. Well, he's not down down country. He, like it's forty minutes to get to Waikato now. You know, like so it's. And I hear what you're saying. It's 
is gone under the radar as far as a public public not as far as rugby league people, mate. No, but people in the know have have known that he's been out there playing football. Yeah, but he's not on the face of he's not you know he's not on in conversations about can he turn the Warriors around? Can he be the savior for the Warriors when he's just still trying to think about his health? You, the, I think you get what I'm saying, and I, like I'm so excited tomorrow night the Bulldogs nine p.m. or ten p.m. Let's let's be real, it's rugby league ten p.m. Broncos Bulldogs tonight it is Sharks. Manly, that is a rip snorter, and we're going to be back, and we'll get Kempi's thought on that and what we might be punting with Paul Moati after this. Baz Nizzi for breakfast, uh, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day, 20 minutes past eight. Shop Ectastic deals this week at Chemist Warehouse, like 15% off the Musashi Sports Nutrition range. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. SENZ, 25 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning. HRNZ.co.nz, live the dream, get involved with Harness Racing. And the scan man is back, is he? Troy Scanlon's come back for you. He didn't forget about you. He never forgot about you. This is for you. He heard you were going well on the punt, and he thought, (laughs) what can I do for Child Cancer Foundation and Israel DAG? Well, I'll give him one in an amateur's driver's race. The first tonight at Addington, he said, this is the first time I've ever tipped an amateur driver's race. But Taxman, 4.20 into 3.50 in race one, maps beautifully. It's got gate speed, and it's just the best horse in the race. And you know what the scan man's saying that, that he means it? So on behalf of Child Mm. Cancer Foundation and Team Baznizzi for breakfast, we're putting our $50 bet with hrnz.co.nz on Taxman in the first at Addington tonight. Beautiful, Louis. Troy the Scan Man Scanlon from the West Coast is coming good. He was really good for us last year, Kempi. We raised a bit of money for Child Cancer Foundation, so he come in. Beautiful. Tipped a couple of uh, harness winners, so that's what it's about, mate. Tax Man, I'm on. Tax Man, Scan Man, I'm on, man. <laughs> as he's on. Man. <laughs> you just have to say you just have to say a horse's name and as he's on. Well, hey, we want to know, Kimpy. Petrol station, I'm on. on. Petrol station. And, then, and then I go pump one by myself it. and then I'm off. The lost and then boys. I go pump one by myself and I'm off. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where you go off the, the uh, rails. It's, you're right, common denominator, isn't it? 27 past 8, tab.co.nz, where's, where is we will, words, is where we will be putting that bet on, sorry, is where we'll be putting that bet on. And Paulie Mawadi, you know what the question everybody's asking today? And we cannot get an answer from him. We cannot get an answer from Kempi Paulie about who's going to win, Cronulla or the Sea Eagles. So what are the punters saying? Oh, the punters are saying this is going to be a Sharks victory tonight, a big, big victory to the Sharks tonight. Uh, it's unbelievable the amount of money in the head-to-head market that we've taken on the Sharks. Wow. Uh, they cannot get enough of them. They're currently a dollar forty-five to win that match. The Manly Seagulls are at two sixty-five. It's a little bit of support um, late last night on the Seagulls, but it, it's just it's almost one-way traffic in regards to that head-to-head market. The Sharks are the team that punters want tonight. Uh, of course, we've got a bonus back promotion on that match, as we have on all the NRL matches this weekend. And in the winning team in margin book, the best back selection there, the Cronulla Sharks to win by 1 to 12 at $2.80. So they're very well backed in the head-to-head market and they've been backed in the winning team in margin market as well. I just heard you talking about Addington Harness as well. Um, I thought I'd throw one in there for you, 
Uh, race seven, uh, Lamb and Haywood Pace, uh, oh. over 2,600 metres, I can tell you. A first starter, trained and driven by John Hay, number nine, Wheels of Fortune. Money has come 380 into $2.50. Uh, they're, they're jumping out of trees to back this one. Wheels of Fortune, number nine in race seven, Addington Harness tonight. He's as his head's down, he's clicking away on his computer. Somebody <laughs> knows trying, something. He's, he's trying to get that multi. His multis I've, are looking really I've good. Just multied up Wheels of Fortune into Phil's Folly into Taxman. Let's go. Oh, I can't, they, just, and I think you're right about Cronulla tonight. The, the only the only reason Trebovich, Tommy Turbo isn't playing for Manly, and but Dale Furnikin is also out for Cronulla, which is a big loss for them. And you just. I was just saying to Louis Pauly that um, you just don't know what you're going to get with Manly. You know, they might show up, they might no. not show up. But I think you're right with all the money. What about the Warriors, mate? Monday football. Oh, no, no one's backing them. Yeah, look, they're currently six dollars and sixty cents to win that match, and I think earlier this week we're taking six times as much money on the Warriors as we had uh, on the Melbourne Storm. Uh, it's sort of slightly corrected itself. We've only now, it's only five times as much money on the Warriors than on the Melbourne Storm. So the faithful are out there. They're back in the Warriors once again. They're not put off by that uh, a loss to the Roosters. Um, and hopefully, maybe the referees might just try and correct the ship slightly this uh, week. Make up calls. And the Warriors might get a, a one or two 50-50 calls go their way. So... Yeah, the punters are still on the Warriors at $6.60 to win. Of course, the NBA's uh, going on at the moment. Uh, we've got game two between the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets later on this morning. Uh, Boston Celtics picked up game one uh, with a last-minute Jason Tatum layup to win by one point. Uh, they're back on the Nets. The Nets are currently 227. Punters uh, looking for them to bounce back here. And there are a couple of power plays that they've got into uh, here. The best back has been Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to score 100 or more points combined. They combined for 90-odd points in Game 1, but Kevin Durant had a very, very um, off night uh, with the shooting hand. Uh, but the other one, it's an $11 power play. Kevin Durant to score 40 or more points and the Brooklyn Nets to win at $11. That has been the second best back power play uh, in that match. He, I think he shot around 20% from the three-point line and around 37% from the field in game one. So um, I, I expect him to bounce back and it looks like punters do as well. Yeah, love it, Paulie. We'll talk to you. Well, we'll catch up with you next week, mate. Uh, TAB.co.nz. You find all those markets. Paul Moati is talking about Izzy's managed to get a bet on here. Taxman Phil's folly. Wheels of fortune. Three leg multi. Uh, the total of that is what is that paying? Like sixty dollar odds. Oh, dearie me, dearie. Come on, dearie get in, get in. Daggy is going to be up and about if that one gets home. After this, we're going to do some sports news highlights. And, uh, of course, we'll, we'll read out a couple of texts about David Tua as well. We're coming up to the news with Araha. Here she is for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> CNZ, 25 away from nine this morning. 
little post-show debrief will be interesting this morning, I think. Is he? Uh, we've got plenty going on around the world. Man City, well, they have done the job against Brighton 2-0 this morning. Arsenal, well, that, there's still 10 minutes to go, to be fair, but Man City look like they've had them held. Arsenal, well, Harry Simeo will be happy if they can hang on against Chelsea. 3-2. Uh, Chris Woods, Newcastle, one lop over Crystal Palace into the 92nd minute. And Everton, they can't catch Leicester City, 1-0 into the 91st minute. Awesome to hear from Maren Haggy about the return of Tamati Martin. What a comeback story. And when we're talking about brain bleeds, we always want to know the player is safe first and foremost. And this is what Maren had to say about that. Um, so we know that uh, his health was uh, was first was the first uh, and paramount priority. I mean, his mum's a health professional, uh, and I know that she would not have let him play uh, had he not been given those those clearances or the necessary clearances um, to do so. Yeah, and that's that's really really important. Actually, on that, Kimpy, a theme of what we've been talking about today is boxing and. A lot of what Tyson Fury was saying he wants to retire is because he's 34, he's done it all, he's still got his marbles. Some people would say he never had them, but he, he is still coherent. He hasn't been damaged like we've seen like some of the legends of the sport gone by, and that's why he wants to get out. And you can never blame a man or a woman athlete that would protect 100%. their head. First thing, first thing I thought about when he said that, he said, I'm out, I'm you know, still in great health. Um, of course he does. You know, Getting $25 million reasons to retire to at the end of this fight is it makes life a lot easier when you can actually understand how to spend it. Yeah, that's right. And I know you boys... Is he, how's your concussion going? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, nah. <laughs> I've had a few, eh? I've had a few head knocks in my time. You know, I'm a bit like, yeah, you get a bit, a bit rattled. So you can understand why these guys have to, and, and girls have to make these decisions. And uh, yeah, he's got 25 million reasons. If he fights Anthony Joshua, that was 100 million reasons, that fight. So you reckon he might not? He might want to go one, you know, another another round, another couple. Of course he would. Gareth A. Davies picked mm. it straight away. So did Kempi. So did we. Uh, makes perfect sense. And we're talking look, a, a man who took his fair share of um, beatings, and it was a different era, of course, of boxing. David Tua. My favorite David Tua moment was after he signed with Kevin Barry, and I went down to Kev's gym. As I walked up to the door, I noticed one side of the gym was shuddering. I went inside, and it was young David smacking the heavy bag. And off his knockouts, Hasim Rakim had to be a big mouth, and there was a genuine bad blood between the two. And Dave put that to rest. Mark, yes, that is what we're talking about. Those are the memories of the great David Tua, who's been inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame in America. We're going to send one of those Musashi prize packs, the good sort of chalky this Easter, to you with Chemist Warehouse. Do you have any more memories of David Tua? We've got one more prize pack to give away. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine like Mark. Get them coming in. After this, it's Tom Abercrombie for Cork Kings. You listen to Baz and Z for breakfast, 13 from nine, uh, 23 from 9. Made in New Zealand, the Balanced Pure Performance Range is available at Chemist Warehouse, starting from just $62.99. Save 10%. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Tony Kemp, Louis Herman Watt, we're bringing you home. 17 away from nine before we cross over to Ian Smith. I've just seen his show come up on Twitter, and he's got a nice, solid show for you. Sarah Goss, Tim Horan bringing you all the updates and latest things from around the world. But right now, we're going to talk basketball. Court Kings design, build, and install basketball heaven. And we've been lucky enough to chat with this bloke every single week. Win, lose, whatever's happened, he's always fronting, and we really appreciate that. Our man over in Australia, they've got one more game this Sunday. they take take on the Adelaide 36ers. He's on the line now. Morning, Tom. 
Morning, fellas. Yes, great to have you on the show, brother. Um, mate, look, basketball aside, you, you have got one more game this Sunday, but, mate, you must be extremely excited about the, the prospect of getting home and seeing your, your beautiful young family. Yeah, man, no, I'm fizzing. It's, uh, it's been a long week this week, just counting down, uh, as it always is when you kind of get closer uh, to the finish line. But um, no, I'm pumped to get back on Monday and, and see my see my little kids and family and things again and um, yeah, start to, start to reconnect with them and have a little refresh and reboot, um, get back on some Kiwi soil, it's going to be amazing Yeah mate, we appreciate what you and the Breakers have done it's, it's not been easy for you guys being away from family and friends and trying to grind on the NBL which is which is a top competition around the world, we've seen it being played on ESPN and uh, the coverage it's getting mate, so Talk to us about this Sunday. What's the week been like for you guys um, heading into your last game of the season? Is it is it more about are you are you on the court? Are you putting in the grind, or is it more about just getting those connections off the court and and just trying to make a real enjoyable uh, last week together? Yeah, a little, little bit of both. We've obviously had um, yeah, a few guys leave us in the, in the last week. Uh, yeah. Yanni Wetzel, who who got. Uh, Picked up a, a yearly contract over in Spain with Basconia, which is an absolutely massive, massive pickup for him. Uh, it's been a dream of his to play for a Euroleague team and something that not many, not many Kiwis, I think only three Kiwis have done it. Um, and so for him to you know, be rewarded for, for having an incredible season under all these circumstances is fantastic for him. And um, you know, I think he'll, he'll probably get on the court this week and get to watch him. But um, yeah, that's an amazing opportunity nice. for Yanni, and then obviously the the French boys have um, yeah, gone home to prepare for the NBA draft as well. So, yeah, a few boys have left the camp, but the rest of us have just been um, you know going to work as usual, trying to um, you know get ready and, and try and put in a good performance, and hopefully finish off the season with a win against Adelaide, who's playing some pretty good basketball on Sunday. Yeah, and I'd be backing you. You're so excited to come home. There's going to be a bit of an extra um, hop in your step, Tom. Hey, I, I know as a player, and you get towards the end of the season, you're sitting there, you're reviewing your season internally, lying in bed and going over it. Um, and you're thinking, man, I just hope that in the off-season that they, they do this or they do that um, to make our season uh, run a lot smoother next year. What is that for you, Tom, for next year? What What does that look like? Have you thought about... A, um, a wish list. Like, what, what do you, what do you hope that the Breakers can bring uh, next year for Tom Abercrombie to be successful? Yeah. Um, look, to be honest, I, I haven't, I haven't put a, a huge amount of thought into next year just yet. Um, trying to get through this season and what we've been going through over here, um, and you know, once I get home and, and have that time to sort of reset um, and start to think about a lot of that stuff, but. Yeah, you know, I think the most important thing is, is for us to re-establish our identity and culture as a club, and um, that connection uh, to New Zealand and to our fans and things again, which obviously we, we haven't been able to do for these last couple of years. And um, you know, I guess we've we've lost our way a little bit while we've been over here and lost a, a sense of that that culture and identity. And it's really important for us to get that back and. You know, how we do that and how we go about that, um, you know, we're going to have to put a lot of thought and effort into that. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a, an interesting off-season. Obviously, we've, we've had a, you know, two disappointing and, and frustrating seasons. And, and I know there's a lot of frustrated people at home, but, you know, believe me, no one's 
more frustrated than ourselves over here. Um, and so, you know, we've got to have a good hard look at ourselves and we've got to do some things differently. So, you know, I anticipate there being um, you know, a lot of discussions and hard decisions made over the off-season. Um, it'll be an interesting one and we'll just have to get back home to, to figure out what that looks like. Will they have an um, internal review? Will you have a, a review once you get home and, and will you and, and the leaders of the group talk, will you talk about that identity and how you weren't able to to build on that over in Australia? Because, um, you know, when you, you're playing away and you're playing here, I guess when you're playing at home it is easy. So how are you able to transition that when you're out of your own comfort zone? Yeah, as I said, there's going to there's gonna be a lot of discussions, I think. Um, there has mm. to be to, I guess, get to the, the root of um, you know, what's going on and how we can change things and, and put things back on course for next year. Um, you know, the only way is to take a good hard look in the mirror and have those hard conversations. And um, you know, we, we can't just expect to go home and everything's going to be okay. And, uh, that's just going to yeah. fix everything for us, you know. Um, I think these last couple of years have highlighted some you know, issues for us that we need to address. So, yeah, as I said... Those hard conversations will have to happen. Tom, Louis here, mate. I'd love to talk some uh, NBA with you before we let you go today. NBA playoffs. And I woke up this morning, and I don't know if you've seen it because it's so early in Australia. They reckon Ben Simmons might play in game four or even potentially three against the Celts uh, back in Brooklyn. Is this just insane to think a guy can sit out for a year and just come back into the melting <laughs> pot and just jump back into a series which is that competitive? You would have seen game one. It was so intense. Is that crazy? Yeah, it is a little crazy, but, um, oh, man, the NBA is a crazy league. And I think Simmons is just that kind of player, like, and I've been listening to some stuff, like he can just come in and he doesn't have to do too much to help that team right now. Like they've got Kyrie and Durant who <clears throat> can can score the ball for you. And if Simmons can come in and facilitate a little bit, you know, push the pace and transition and sit down and guard some of those guys on the Celtics team, um, then he can make a little bit of a difference. And yeah, I, I guess I assume that's their thinking that um, you know, a guy who's been sitting out for a year, they can bring him back at a time like this. But you know, I mean, it's not it's not easy. Um, you know, I missed a significant amount of time this year, and it takes it takes a a good you know few weeks of of game like intensity to kind of get your legs and things back. And no matter what you're doing on the practice floor, that's it's impossible to replicate. So, what sort of Ben Simmons we Come back um, remains to be seen, but it'll be awesome to see him out there and um, the buzz that will create. Hey Tom, we've been talking about the tour man Dave Tour this morning. Do you ever? Do you, he's been inducted into the Hall of Fame of boxing. Um, do you have a favourite David Tour moment that you remember? Oh, David Tour. Um, look, uh, he was obviously fighting when I was a, a youngster, and I just remember. Mm. I think it was his. Uh, who did he fight in that first world title fight? Oh, he fought Rahman, Lewis. Lewis, Lennox Lewis was the one, the big yeah, I one. I think it was the Lennox, the Lennox Lewis one. Now, I just remember sitting down on the couch and watching that with, with my family as a young kid and just thinking how cool it was that, uh, you know, Kiwi's on the world stage doing what he did and remember his big his big left hook and, mm. Um, mm. Yeah, man, he was he was before his time. He was he was incredible. So that's uh, yeah, that's pretty cool to hear that he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, oh, for awesome for old David Tua. What an absolute champion he is, our mate. We love celebrating him, and what a left hook.
on the big man. Hey, mate, you're coming home. You're coming home. So what's the first thing? Are you going to be nice to your kids? Are you going to be nice to your kids <laughs> on the Court Kings court that you got at home, mate? I've seen you dunking on them. So what's the, 21 what's nil. the first thing? A little one-on-one? 21 one-on-one? nil. 21-0? No mercy. Gotta... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be ruthless, eh? Yeah, I love that rule. No mercy I'm going to see how far they've come in, in six months. They might be running circles about, <laughs> around me now. Um <laughs> I've got to see if they Mate, really I'm remember me. You. I'm sure they will, but uh, it's going to be a bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting you to be three weeks straight. Your wife's going to leave you at home and just you can look after them for three weeks straight, mate. You you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I've told her. I'm happy to do that right now. We'll see um, how I feel after a couple of days. But um, no, she certainly <laughs> deserves a rest, so we'll give her one and I'll take the reins for a little while and handle the rest of the school holidays. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Well, as always, we really appreciate you coming on the show, Tom. All the best this Sunday. Travel well and enjoy your time with the family. I'm sure they miss you and looking forward to getting Dad home. Thanks for joining us, mate. Awesome. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Cheers, Tom. That was our Court Kings catch-up. Take your love of the game to the next level at home, school or community courts. Courtkings.co.nz. What an absolute champion. Such a good guy. So much can't wait, can't mm. wait for him to get home. And uh, when he gets home, we'll get him into the studio. Is he when you're up in Auckland one morning? Uh, let us know, and we'll get yep. Tom in here, and we'll have a sit down because I think he, he gets us. We get him. He's a good dude. He's part of our show now. And there's some great texts on David Tour to round this out. We did a local West Auckland McD, and Tua and Inga came in one day. Awesome guys, but cleaned us out of food. <laughs> awesome guy from John. <laughs> Favourite Tua moment, beating the life out of Shane Cameron and smoking some BK afterwards. And then these ones. Although it was misheard at the time, it's now become legend. Oh, for awesome. That's from James. James, you can have that other Musashi prize pack with Chemist Warehouse, of course. It was oh, for Olsen. Olsen iconic part of New Zealand history. Seven away from nine. We'll catch up with the Doy and Ian Smith after this. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.